Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hopeatcrossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And now, here's this week's message. Oh, come on. You're, you're on time. While he's coming, uh, Ronnie is going to give, Gillespie is going to give us an update from our building team in just a minute. But it's that time of month where we, uh, as he's coming, while we honor some people that we have caught serving the Lord unaware. And uh, I've got a couple of those to hand out real quickly this morning. Harvey and Elaine Harold, come on up. You have to share a certificate. I'm sorry. Says this certificate awarded for outstanding service to the Lord and to the church family at Crossroads. So thank you. I know we had our auction and they've been behind the scenes doing a lot of work. So I wanted to thank them this morning. And uh, they'll be available for autographs later. Uh, and somebody else that uh, ha- has kind of hidden in the background um, is doing a lot of work. And I knew he was going to share this morning uh, is Ronnie Gillespie. And you have no idea. Yeah, just give him a hand. Thank you, brother. You have no idea the work behind the scenes that has been going on to make sure we stay on track with our project. So I just want to say on behalf of our church family, we love you, Ronnie, and thank you. I know that certificate won't get you a free meal, but I'll take you to lunch at Jersey Mike's or something. But I know he's got a great update for us this morning, and at this time I'll let him share that with the congregation. Thank you, sir, for all that you do for us. Appreciate you. teaching for over maybe yeah so just kind of let you know to read I'm gonna sit down I've been teaching on and off for over 35 years and I found that uh, sitting down with whoever you're speaking with getting on their level seems to work now I'm not on your level I'm a little bit higher but yet I'm sitting down so you know but if I got down there then you couldn't see me so uh, but anyway I do want to give you an update as far as what's going on outside uh, no, we're not building this nuclear uh, shelter that we can all get to, bomb shelter out there, no. Uh, we're not uh, putting a basement in. Uh, we're moving a lot of dirt, as y'all see, right? I told y'all we are going to move a lot of dirt, and we are. We're still moving a lot of dirt. Uh, so, update, just, I, I, I got I to sit down, because I got to tell you a couple stories. Y'all, y'all got time? We got time. Okay. All right, so I got to tell you just a couple stories. One is, you know, leading up to last week, we had to move, if you don't know, we had to move the electrical transformer out there last week, which most of you think, well, that's pretty simple. Just pick it up and move it. Uh, well, it's not. You know, I can tell you because there's a lot of factors goes into that. Uh, Lawrence Electric, who's, you know, the power company, had to show up Monday morning, okay? Uh, they did. Praise the Lord. That's an answered prayer. Not one person, not two people, but like five trucks and like ten people showed up at 7.30 a.m. That's an answered prayer. I'm just telling you. Greenville County Inspection Department was involved. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a minute. They had to show up on the right day at the right time. They did. On Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. when I asked them to, instead of Friday afternoon, they showed up. Okay? Uh, Church timing had to be just right. See, God plans all. This is where I want to really give thanks. This is where I, this is kind of the story. 
We need to give God thanks for the things, even when we're not praying for them. He's taking care of us. And it's the little things that we don't really think about. You know, I, I prayed about Lawrence Electric. I prayed about an inspection department. But I didn't think about the fact that the school needed to be closed Monday. And they were. You know, the, the perfect day, you know, that we needed. It, it rained last Saturday a whole lot, if y'all remember. And I was like, Lord, what, what's going to happen? Because I actually fished all day that day, just to let y'all know. Uh, in the rain. My wife does not feel sympathy for me. Maybe y'all will. Uh, but anyway, so it rained a lot last weekend. Well, come Monday, I was if, if it's raining Monday, this doesn't happen. Or any time during the week, this doesn't happen. God made sure that it happened. It didn't rain. You know, it didn't rain to what? Friday or whatever day. So, again, it's those small things I think that we miss sometimes in our lives that we really need to be thinking because he's there, you know, and, and he's taking care of us and he's doing these things. And so I say to say all this, you know, the, uh, the, the weather, the, the church timing, our company had to be there. We had to have the men to be able to do it. We did. So all those factors come into play. So Monday morning, we turn off the power. And this, this is an update, just to let y'all know. This ain't just a story. It's an update. And, and so we turn off the power. Lawrence Electric turns off the power. I'm sorry. And so we're thinking we got till Friday. You know, we got to have, because don't, somehow I got to figure out, we're not, we don't have regular power this morning. I'm just letting y'all know. We might not have had church this morning. That's how significant it was. And that's why I didn't sleep for a week prior to this happening. And I'm being serious. I didn't. I mean, I woke up 3 o'clock every morning going, okay. What, but see, what was happening is I was replacing faith with worry. And, and I should be replacing worry with faith. You see, we, we sometimes, we don't doubt God, but we don't give him the credit, I think, sometimes. And so, so Monday morning, we cut off the power. Uh, by Wednesday at 11 a.m., the inspector is out here inspecting our our power. Now, he's not, I'm, I'm just, this is just God. I can't make this stuff up. And so he's not supposed to, to call it in. He's going to call it in, fax it in Thursday morning. The power company's going to get it at some point in time Thursday. Maybe they'll be out Thursday afternoon to call in the power if we're lucky. But, you know, when the inspector come, I had Lawrence Electric's phone number. And so I called him. And you know where Lawrence Electric was? Across the street. Waiting on me to call him. And they turn on the power by noon on, on Wednesday. That's a God thing. You know, it really is. It really is. So, but I want to encourage the prayer warriors because none of this happens without prayer. Y'all know who you are. You see, they may have done the work, but y'all did the real work by praying about it. And I can ask you to continue to do that. And I'm going to give you a couple things to pray for before I get up. Don't let me forget, okay? All right, but I got another story. Okay, and, and y'all just got to bear with me. Excuse me. Sorry, Jack. We're cutting into his time. That's okay, right? <laughs> All right, so I got another story. It has to deal with this envelope right here, okay? It has to deal with the envelope. Anybody ever been to, like, uh, ever had, let me ask you a question, because if you've never been, you need to put it on your bucket list. Any ever be, anybody ever been to a scrapyard to sell metal? <laughs> what, one person. All right, okay, so you've been to a scrapyard. So you know where I'm talking about. All right, so it's not the best place to go. Just letting y'all know. 
okay? Matter of fact, the one I went to is on Cedar Lane Road. Do I need to say more? Okay, Cedar Lane Road on, you know, the west side. I'm, I'm so, I'm, excuse me if y'all are born on that side, but I'm just telling you, you know, it's, it can be rough over there, okay? It's, it's not Anderson Ridge Road when you pull up. I'm just being honest. So I have, I have this wire that we pulled out Monday loaded on a truck, and I'm going to, to sell scrap wire. Well, I find this place, and when you pull up, you don't, first of all, you don't really know where you're at, and they don't give it. There's no office. So you just kind of like pull in there, and you're like, okay, well, what do I do next? Well, I have this, I have uh, 4,000 pounds of wire on the back of my truck, okay? Not my truck, but because they wouldn't haul it. But anyway, so a truck. And so I pull in, and there's one sign that says scales. And so I'm like, okay. So I pull up on the scales. And y'all remember Charlie Brown? You remember the teacher's voice? You remember, wah, wah, wah. Well, that comes on the intercom. Wah, 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 wah. And I'm like, okay, I think she said I was okay. <laughs> so I pull on up, and, and, I think, and, I, and I get in this yard, and it's about this thick and dust. And, you know, when, so when I stop, it starts boiling up around the truck, and there's nobody there. And I'm, so I'm sitting there like, okay, what do I do next? And so I'll, I'll make that story short. So end of the story is I finally find where I'm supposed to go, and, and they get the wire and load it, and I come back out the same set of scales. I still don't know where the office is at. I come back out the same set of scales, and I hear something going, wah, 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 wah. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm good. So, so I pull on out. What, when you pull out, I kind of guess where the office was at because you really don't know where it's at. And so I guess where the office is at, and I had to pull out. This is important. I cannot park in their parking lot. I had to park on the street. This is important, okay, that you know that that's where I'm parked. On the street off Cedar Lane Road, not in their fenced-in, you know, like a barricade place. I'm on the street, okay. And so I finally go to the office, and there's this lady there, and she's got this plexiglass that's about four inches thick between me and her. Yeah. And she's got this little drawer. That's all it is. And, and I, I have been given this little plastic tag that says, okay, it was green. I guess that meant it was good. I don't know. So I, I slide it in there, and, and I had to get a permit for to do all this, which you all know if you've done it, you know that now. You've got to get a permit. So I slide all my information in there. I'm like, okay, what am I going to tell her? Do I want to make the check out to Crossroads or Walker and Whiteside or me? I, I said, I know she's fixing to ask me that. Well, she doesn't ask me that. She pulls out this big wad of cash. Yeah, I'll see their lane road. I'm parked outside on the street. Okay. And so I'm like, you going to give me cash? And she says, you want a check? I'm like, no, ma'am. I want cash. So... She starts counting this cash. And this, 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 this is the interesting I'm actually here with the cash. <laughs> yeah. So, because she says, I said, have you got an armed guard? And she said, no, but I suggest you go very quickly and lock your doors when you get there. I ain't joking. That's exactly what she said. I'm like, okay. So I did. I went very quickly to my truck, and I locked my doors, and I got out of there very quickly. But this is, this is the cool part, and this is where God is at, you know. This has nothing to do with, with anything, but it, 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 you, you got to just be there to, to have lived the story. So i got to show you all this right here, you know. i just got to show you. So she gives it to me in $100 bills. Yeah. You know, 
$8,000 in $100 bills. Yeah. That's, that's wire money that only God can do. You know, and, and I praise him that we're able to. Now, I will say this much, and I've got to get to the next part. So, so I told James, you know, don't go nowhere because I'm giving this to y'all, okay? And so I relieve myself of it, and maybe I don't get hit on the head. Maybe James does on his way out, you know. So anyway, so that's the story. All right, so, all right. so I, I, do need, I do need to tell y'all a couple updates that you need to pray for, okay? Uh, one, we need a landscaping contractor. If anybody knows anybody that's a professional landscaper, we, we've got some prices, but I'll be honest with you, with what Greenville County is making us do, it's costing us a lot more than the estimated cost was from the builder. And so we need some prayers. We need our prayer warriors to pray about landscaping because that's very necessary for us to continue to move on. And we don't have a choice. It ain't like we can say, well, sorry, Greenville County, we're not going to do that. You know, we don't have a choice. We have to do this. So I'm just saying... That's an update. That put that on your prayer list. Uh, that we need to do that, and we need to find we need to find somebody that maybe can do it cheaper than everybody else is doing it. Uh, so that I encourage y'all to do that. So that's that's my big thing is out there. It is moving on, as y'all can see. You know, we're probably. Uh, I'm just guessing. You know, what you see out there is excuse me, what you see out there is drainage is going in, and then of course eventually the parking lot is going in. But we have to pay this parking lot off you know, to build our building. So that's kind of the future and where we're going. But uh, I thought y'all might appreciate a, a quick story and uh, just, just, just praise God for what he's doing in times when we really don't think about things like the weather needs to happen, and he just makes it happen, even when we don't ask. You know, it's all, it's all him. It's not, I want to thank my team, too, you know, Sonny and, and Jared and Christy and, and Vicky and Tripp you know, for their continued support and work. When y'all see them, thank them for the hard work that they're doing. Because there is, there's a lot goes into to getting this parking lot done, and they have a lot to do with that. So thank y'all for your time and, and, and taking up Jack's time a little bit this morning. Okay, thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sir. God is at work. Even when you don't think he's at work, he is at work. And uh, I'm so excited about what God is doing in our church and the importance of, uh, of our church family. Everybody in here has a role to play. You're important. I brought, my, uh, I brought my identifier hat today, some new hats that we have. It says Crossroads Baptist up here. Can you see that? I can't either. I don't have my glasses on. It says Crossroads Baptist has our logos on there, and if you're interested in helping the Greenville Drive game, you'll need one of these because you have to be identified. One of the rules is you have to be identified as your group, uh, and I was thinking about uh, how we identify together, uh, and especially with what uh, Ronnie has so beautifully shared with us, um, our identity is important. And as a church family, our identity is important. It's more than the hat that we wear. It's more than the, the church t-shirt that we might wear, which we have one of those if you want one of those. Um, us identifying as a part of, of Crossroads is, uh, is an important thing. It's identifying us with a local body uh, of Christ. That's why 
uh, church membership is important. I know we live in a culture where a lot of people kind of wonder, what, what is, why should I be a member of a church? Being a part of a church, a local body of believers like this, and identifying with that local body of believers is important. As a matter of fact, it's biblical. It's scriptural. And uh, it's important because God has a specific mission. We've heard a little bit about that this morning from Ronnie. A specific mission or goal, objective for our church to do together. Our church. The members of Crossroads to do together. So it's very important. When I think about where God's leading our church, as I've been thinking about over the last few weeks... Um, Nothing really concerns me about where God's taken us. The money doesn't concern me because that's only one of probably a thousand stories we're going to hear and God has already prepared. If this is God's will, it's his bill. If it's his plan, he's going to take care of it. And we're going to get to hear and celebrate many more stories like that where money's just going to seemingly come from nowhere because that's our God. And uh, so that doesn't concern me. The actual logistics of... of uh, Lawrence Electric and the builders showing up on time and all that really doesn't concern me. Here's, if I'm being honest this morning, here's what concerns me. What concerns me is uh, us as a body of Christ functioning as a healthy church family. I love that word. Uh, when I was visiting here for about a year before uh, God called me to be one of the pastors here, uh, that's what Lynette and I would say quite often as we were going home. Man, I just, I love being a part of that family. The family of God. The family of Crossroads. I don't know what you think of when you hear the word family, but uh, I found something online where some people were kind of talking about what family means to them. And uh, I encourage you, kind of watch this video and see if you relate to what some of these people say when they talk about family. Family is loving each other. Family is accepting each other for who you are. A group of people that come together with common values, that love each other, that support each other, that hold each other accountable for the success of the whole family. I love my family because they care about me. Family is about caring and supporting one another through all of life's ups and downs. Sometimes they can get on your nerves, but you always have to love them back. Having patience and always being loved. Family is not an important thing. It is everything. Family to me means always knowing that you have people there for you and no matter what. Family to me is a bond that cannot be broken. Feel like you're appreciated. Family means a lot to me because I love Family is amazing. Togetherness. My family is awesome. I love that one. My family is awesome. My family is awesome. Uh, and when I think about Crossroads, you guys, I think about my church family. I think you guys are awesome. Uh, we've had a number of folks who have become a part of our church family uh, in the last year or so. Uh, and I've invited uh, one of those couples to come up and kind of share a little bit with us this morning. Uh, Corey's on duty back there, but for just a minute, if he can come up here. And his wife, Claudia uh, Palatino, they've been a part of our church family, I think, for a year or so ago. You guys come on up, give or take a few months. And we are so grateful to have them uh, as a part of our church family. I'm praying that God sends us more uh, Corey's and Claudia's and Samantha's and maybe some Jim Bob's and some Leroy's. I don't know. We'll see who all God sends. But uh, I wanted to invite them just to share a little bit. I'll let y'all share the microphone and uh, just uh, kind of informally talk to them a little bit this morning. 
And uh, I wanted just to ask you guys a, a couple questions. One is, well, one, get, make sure I'm right. How long have you been officially, I guess, a part of Crossroads, our family? Officially, I, I believe it's uh, September, October of 21. Wow. Or, okay. Yeah, 21. Yeah. Wow, it's been over a year already. Um, so first off, uh, Jack sent me an email and to, to tell me about this opportunity, I thought it was a great idea, but I, I thought we were going to have a couch. So I was planning <laughs> kicking my shoes off, getting my pajamas. Um, I, I joke, but that's part of the reason I think we felt comfortable here is we could literally come here in our pajamas and we would not be judged. I mean, we've got members that are two years old up to almost 100. Um, some of them are dressed normal, casual clothes, and then some of them are dressed up all ready to go away. It's like George Jones said, but um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel really comfortable as we were here. I grew up uh, in a, a Baptist church, a little ta- town of Yaki, West Virginia. We went there this past Easter. They have a total of about 30 members, and unfortunately, there are, there's no young members there, and, I, and it was a total different uh, environment than, than here. Here, I just like he just talked about family, we don't have any blood family here. Claudia's family's from from originally from Mexico, and all her f- current families in California, and all mine are up in West Virginia. But you are our family, and that's why we felt uh, very privileged when uh, uh, Jonathan Huey invited us. And we know from our gym members, we've got half our gym here anyway, so <laughs> it's almost like just a crossover, crossroads, a yeah. crossover to uh, um, what we're used to. But yeah, that's one of the main reasons. Do you have anything to say? Not only the Hulies, um, but Beth Ann, she also invited us here as well. So I'm going to give her some credit for that, too. Um, she kept telling us to come. Come down, come down. Our church is great. Our church is great. And we did. And we're here, and we're very happy. Um, great people. We love it here so much. The kids love it here. I think everybody knows who our kids is. For those that don't know, tell them about your two, your two kids. And what are the? How did that play into you making a decision to to be a part well, of Crossroads? That, that is, I mean, you know, God, you know, He really talks to us in a lot of different ways. I've been guided through uh, since I came in, since I joined the Navy up to retirement. I moved sixteen times, and I ended up in South Carolina. And there's no Navy bases here, so it's a long story of that. But part of the uh, the reason we wanted to settle here is it takes a community to also raise kids, and we want our kids involved as much as possible with the Word of God. So that's one of the reasons why we came, you know, we stopped here. And we had originally came back almost, well, right at two years ago, um, and we went to our church that we were here before. So we were here in 2016 to 2019, went back to Norfolk to finish up, and we came back here to retire, um, at, you know, at post-Navy. And so we went to our other church that will remain nameless, and we showed up, and it was it was... It's a big church, about this size, what we consider a big church. Um, and they told us, they said, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you're not allowed to sing. And it just kind of, like, kind of hit me with a, a, a bolt of lightning. I was like, well, maybe, maybe we should start looking at other places. And that's kind of what helped us come here. Amen. So. Amen. Well, we're glad y'all are here. Anything you want to share about your kids? Tell them about your kids real quick, because some of our folks don't know your two kids. Well, we have, uh, we have two Lydia is six, and Lincoln is four. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who Lincoln is. <laughs> <laughs> They're both uh, 
very active. Uh, one is shy, various, the other one's very outgoing. Um, what else? No, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, if you ever met Lincoln, he's been up on stage a few times with, you know, uninvited. Uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, we pray every night with the kids and we try to instill something new in them every night. And we always bring up our church. And, you know, Lydia's accent will say church. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of what brought us kind of the, the loving, nurturing and everything kind of brought us here. So. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Can you give them a hand for sharing with us a little bit this morning? Grateful for you guys. And uh, we are grateful that God, God sent you uh, this way. Uh, you may say, Jack, what has this got to do with anything? It's, it is, as one of the people said in the video, it's everything. Uh, where God wants us to go as a, as a church family, we will not get there unless we are a family. And what I've seen in my 32 years of ministry, churches destroyed most of the time from the inside out, not the outside in. So the more healthy we can be as a church family, the more stronger we are spiritually, the more the enemy is going to run in the opposite direction. And we have a lot of huge things that God's called us to do as a family of God, which tells me every person on the family is important. Now, I know you may go to family reunion from time to time, and you might be the red-headed stepchild at your family reunion. Sometimes I'm there, and I feel like they're going, oh, here he is again. Here's the preacher guy again. Here he is again. But there's no red-headed stepchildren at Crossroads Baptist Church. Everybody in here is needed. And I just wanted to share with you from the heart this morning two or three uh, points. And then we'll see how God wants us to end up this morning. If you've got your Bible and you want to turn to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I know we live in a culture and in an age where, again, it's not important for most people. This, this sermon, to some degree, maybe is for those that aren't here. And maybe for the rest of us, it's a reminder why we are here, Hopefully. But I know in our culture, a lot of people think, why should I be a member of a church? I can pop in, I can hear a sermon, or for that matter, I don't even have to pop in. I can pop online, and I can hear a sermon and get my tank, so to speak, filled and move on about my day. And that's good, and I'm grateful. I'm keen on technology. I love it. I'm grateful that it's there, and our church used to stream our services, and we may get, get back to that. But that is not biblically the body of Christ. Hear me. I, I love all that. Culturally, it's great. And that's a great way to have kind of an extra oomph or an extra source of Bible teaching and encouragement. But that's not the way God intended the body of Christ physically to operate. You say, how do you know that, Jack? I know that because God's Word tells me that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, here's what Paul said. And Paul wrote this letter in part to the church at Corinth because everybody kind of had their attitude that I'm number one and I don't need anybody else. And here's what Paul said, verse 12, For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less the part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, it's not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? 
If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. And if they were all members, where would the body be? Now there are many members, but one body. Many members. We're all a part of the big church, the universal church. Those in every Bible-believing church in Five Forks, Greer, Greenville, South Carolina, the United States of America, planet Earth. All of us make up the big church. So you may be saying, well, why should I commit to the little church? Because Paul is not writing this letter to the big church. He's writing this letter to the church at Corinth. He's specifically writing a letter to a local body of believers. And you know, Revelation has several letters in there that are written. To local bodies of believers, local churches. The local church is important. It actually means, uh, in the Greek, the big fancy word you may have heard, ecclesia, which actually means a gathering of local believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. So why do you think that so many people in our culture kind of date the church, or church hop? You may have some thoughts. I've got few thoughts, few opinions Just from what I see in culture, I think some people kind of date the church or they pop in maybe on one service every three or four months or maybe they hop around other churches because they kind of like to be independent. Or maybe they're looking for, you know, what fits for them. Like, Like you would do almost when those of us you remember, some of us are too old to remember, but when you were dating... Okay, I'm looking for this kind of in that guy. I'm looking for him. Some guy's going to take me out to a fancy restaurant. He's going to open the car door for me. You know, he's going to look refined. You had your kind of characteristics. Nothing necessarily wrong with that. But a lot of people treat churches like that. They uh, look for that. They're independent-minded, or maybe they're individualistic-minded, or maybe they're indecisive, indecisive, so they kind of shop around or hop around looking for the right church for them. The Bible calls us, calls you, and calls me. Don't miss this. Calls us the bride of Christ. Let that sink in. You are, if you know Jesus, we are. As a local body of believers, the bride of Christ. You've heard me say this before. Nobody in here hopefully would do this. But uh, husbands, men, if I came up to you and said, Hey, man, I really love you, but I think your wife's ugly. I'd probably wake up a few minutes later missing some teeth with some of you in here. I know. I I can see you getting tense when I say that. But that's the way we sometimes treat each other. We are the bride of Christ. I hear in the culture all the time, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't need the church. You better read your Bible. Because you need the church, and the church needs you. We need each other. I need you. You need me. We need each other. That's how God wired us. And the Bible calls us, as believers, the bride of Christ. That is just absolutely It's mind-blowing to me. And one day, Jesus will come and return for his bride. Those of us who know Jesus personally. So it's true, when when you read the scripture, the Bible expects us, if we are followers of Jesus, the first thing I see that Paul says here is the Bible expects us to belong to a local church. And to get plugged in to a local church. To be members 
of a local church. And there's a lot of reasons why, and we'll talk about that a little bit as we go through. The second thing that I see, if you've got your Bibles open or your app, you can flip over to 1 Peter, the book of 1 Peter, because he has some things to say about this, too, as he's addressing his letter to a lot of people scattered throughout. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, I believe it is, he says this, he's giving some instructions. Six or seven months ago, we as a church family went through 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And there were a lot of instructions for those of us who call ourselves pastors. Peter uses the words pastor, elder, or leader kind of interchangeably. And here's what he says to those of us who are pastors or elders or leaders. He says this, Therefore I exhort the elders among you, chapter 5 verse 1, as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory that's to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, not yet as lording over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. The flock, the group of sheep, the the body of Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, the local body of Christ. And so what I see there is not only is God asking us, Christ is asking us, the Bible's telling us to be a part of a local church, but the second thing I see what Peter is talking about here is he expects us, Christ expects us to be served by, if I can say it that way, leaders, pastors to be serving you. That's my role here is to serve you. As one of the pastors of this church, and for us to serve each other, and to be submissive to one another. That's another word we don't like in North American 21st century Christianity. We don't like that idea of submission because we've heard it explained the wrong way. Like when it says, wives submit to your husbands, we've heard it incorrectly explained by pastors maybe. That that means, come on lady, get my dinner on the table. Submit. That's not biblical submission. Because if you read other passages of Scripture in their full, in their full uh, comprehensive way of what they say about husbands and wives, you'll remember that the Bible also tells us as husbands to love, Christ as, to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And I've never met a wife who's not been willing to be submissive to a husband who's willing to lay down his life for her. So it's a two-way street. Folks, I take that responsibility. I know our ministerial staff, Kayla and and Heath, we, we take that responsibility very, very big to understand that we're called to serve you. And ultimately, if you finish reading that whole chapter, you'll understand that there's a huge responsibility for us. As a matter of fact, if you flip over to Hebrews, I know I got you flipping a lot of places today, kind of flip backwards to Hebrews chapter 13. Here's what the writer of Hebrews says. Obey your leaders and submit to them, Hebrews 13, 17, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. So the emphasis, if you go look at the original language, is not obey your leaders and submit to them. That's a part of it. But the emphasis is because they are going to be held accountable. It scares me because I think a lot of preacher teachers that are standing up in front of congregations fail to remember what they say from the pulpit. Not that this is, this is only a hallowed place because this is where the word of God is proclaimed. That's what makes us hallow. It, uh, hollow and uh, it can be otherwise. But what makes it important is because this is where the word of God is proclaimed. 
It can be proclaimed behind a pulpit, a music stand, nothing. The reason this platform is important or should be on any given time of week where we're talking and we're worshiping together is because God's word is being proclaimed. And what's scary is a lot of pastors and teachers don't understand that they will be held accountable for what they say. And when you hear some of them that are have mass followings, especially who are talking about, well, if you just do this, God will just bless you. Or if you just give this much, God's going to give that much back to you. And that nice jet you've been praying for, you're going to come home one day and it's going to be in your backyard. All this kind of false teaching that's going out there. We need to hold each other accountable. You need to hold your pastors accountable. We need to hold you accountable. And that's the third thing that I see here that he is referring to is the Bible expects us, God's Word expects us to yearn and to yield to accountability. Now, when I was growing up, my sister's three years younger than me, and I can still hear her saying this because there are many times I was a latchkey kid. Some of you don't know what that is. It means we rode the bus home, and from about 3.30 to 6.30 at night, we had free reign of the house. Now, I know if we do that today, they're going to call DSS, or they're going to call Child Protective Services, and they're going to come to your house because that's child abuse. Sorry, that's the way I grew up. My mom and dad both worked. That's just the way it was. I know I'm old. But we were at the house for that afternoon, three hours, most afternoons by ourselves, and being three years older... I decided I was in charge. And I remember telling my sister several times, hey, mom and dad, they said that when they got home, they wanted this clean, or they wanted the den vacuumed, or they wanted, they wanted this or that done. You better do that. You know, the instructions were actually given to the older one, but, you know, I passed the baton because I like to delegate, right? I want to de- delegate and develop the younger one. That was my goal. But I remember oftentimes she would say to me, as she would be running down the hall to her room, You ain't the boss of me! You ain't the boss of me! That's an alright attitude if you're a preteen. And somebody older than you, who's your brother or siblings, trying to get you to do something that they don't have the right to do, that's an okay attitude. But can I be honest with you? That's not an okay attitude if you're a member of the body of Christ in a local church fellowship. You guys don't know how desperately I want us, and I'm not saying we're unhealthy as a church, that's not what I'm saying, but how desperately I want us to be a healthy church body. Because if you're a healthy church body, you in love, in love, in love, call people out privately first. According to Scripture, you take somebody with you after that if they don't listen, publicly last. But you call people out, not to embarrass them, but you call people out and go to them and confront them because you love them when you see them doing something wrong. You don't just let them continue to do it any more than you do as a parent, if you're a good parent, to let your child continue to do something that you know is going to be destructive. Maybe at some point you do, but when, when you've tried everything else and you go, okay, now I'm just going to let them learn for themselves. There is a point in time where that happens. But if you go back and you look at who Paul is writing to in 1 Corinthians... Which is important. Who, who he's writing to, he's writing not to lost people. 
Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, if you want to flip there, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, here's what he says. He's talking about all this chaos in the church in chapter 5, and he's talking about a lot of things, to, to the, again, to the church at Corinth. He says, that's actually reported among you. There's immorality among you, and immorality of such a kind as does not even exist among the Gentiles. In other words, you guys are messing up big time, and you're in the church. And you've become arrogant, and you've not, you've not mourned instead in order that the one who's done this deed might be removed from your midst. When he's talking there about removing somebody who's continuing to sin or confronting somebody who's doing something wrong, he's doing that in the context of us understanding what being a member of a church is about. This is why most people in the 21st century church in North America don't understand this. Because you would never do that in a congregation of somebody you didn't know, or you shouldn't. And you would never do that, I hope, to somebody who was totally lost, because by the way, people who don't know Jesus are going to live like people who don't know Jesus. Some of us need to quit expecting people who don't know Jesus to live like they know Jesus. Turn your news off. You get frustrated watching those people live like a bunch of pagans, guess what? That's how pagans live, because they're pagans. Don't expect them to live your Christianity if they don't know Jesus. But the interesting thing here that Paul is saying is, Paul's not having a conversation between people who know Jesus and don't know Jesus. He's having a conversation with the church about people who are members and people who are not members. People who say they know Jesus, but some who are not members. He's talking about people inside the church, not outside the church. People that have been saved, members versus non-members. And that's why he begins to talk about the order in which... You hold people accountable. Some people, honestly, in our culture today, that's why they don't want to be a, a member of a church. Because if they're a member in, in, in most churches, and I would challenge us as Crossroads to start living like a New Testament church. Because in most churches, you can have your name on the roll, and you can show up two or three times a year, and nobody say boo to you. getting really quiet. And I would say to you, in America, you can be a, be, a, be a member of a church that way. According to this book, you're not a member of the church that way, biblically speaking. There's some requirements, and we're not even going to be able to scratch the surface in one, ser in one sermon about what those requirements are for us to be a member of a church. You say, well, pastor, I have other things on my plate. I have a job. I have family issues. I, I know there are exceptions. Don't miss the point. I know there are exceptions that we have things that take us away from church from time to time. But part of being a part of the body is being committed to the body of Christ. And if I told my wife, honey, I want to be married, but 51 weeks a year, I'm going to go out of town and I'm going to do my own thing. And you don't ask me any questions. You know what she'd say to me? Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. That's exactly what she'd say. Here's a hamburger and a road map. See ya. Then why, church, why do we allow those people, again, I'm not saying people who are lost. You cannot hold them to this standard. 
But why would we allow somebody who says, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. He is my king. He is the one who died for me. He's the one that I want to live for. And allow them to say, I am a part of the body at Crossroads Baptist Church. I'm a part of what God's doing over here. I'm a part of this vision for the future to reach generations. I'm a part of all that. But I'll see you two Sundays a year. If you keep me around, I'm going to tell you, that ain't going to happen much longer. Because that ain't biblical Christianity. And the reason we're losing, and if you agree with me or you want the mic, I'll gladly give it to you this morning if you're under 25 in this room. The reason we're losing those that are under 25 is because they see our lack of commitment to being a part of the body. And what they realize is, you know what? There's a higher priority and a higher commitment level and a higher meaning of family at the gym or at the 4-H club or wherever it is than there is at my church. I don't want anything to do with that church. That's why they're not in here. Some of you ask me, why ain't they in here? That's why they're not in here. Now, I think Crossroads is an exception. They just ain't got here yet. And so hopefully when they come through the door, when you have young couples like we've seen here, and others who come in the door, they realize these people are serious. They're not playing games. It doesn't mean we don't like to have fun. We're going to have fun. Following Jesus is a good time. But it's also a seriousness to it. That I'm accountable to you and you're accountable to me. If I love you, I want to know what's going on in your life. I don't want surface relationship. And again, that's why the younger folks go to those places where they can have deep, meaningful connection and relationship. Oh, that should be the church. That's why God ordained the church. We should yearn for this. We should love for this. We should want this. Why? Because the Bible tells us the world will know that we are his disciples by what? By our love for one another. Not our love for people outside, though we should love the people outside the building, but by the way we love each other inside the building. Man, I can't tell you that I love you if I don't even know what's going on with you. And how do I know what's going on with you? You've got to be plugged in. If I get a text from somebody I don't even know, I've been here almost four years, and I get a text occasionally from somebody who tells me something about visiting so-and-so, and I'm going, I've been here four years, and I don't even know who that person is. You know what I would say to you? Unless they're a shut-in, unless they are medically incapacitated and can't gather with the family of God, they are biblically, you can determine, our leadership of this church can determine if we want to function this way, but biblically, they are not a member of Crossroads Baptist Church. Their name is on the roll, but they're not a member. I know, trust me, it's painful to even say it because it hurts. I'm just telling you what God's Word says. When you put all that together, all these passages we have kind of flown over by light like lightning this morning, I encourage you to read them for yourself and make sure I'm right. When you read these passages of Scripture and you put all that together, you'll find out that the Bible actually flies in the face of most of what we do in American Christianity when it comes to contemporary church culture. We have started, when we have our new members class that some of you have been through, and we have these conversations for people like Palatinos who come to be a part of our church, we ask some of those questions. Where are you going to serve? And they both are serving. She's serving in the weekday. He's serving right now on the security team and other places throughout our church. 
Where are you committing to be a part of the local body of church? Not, is your name on the roll somewhere, and are you going to show up for an occasional Sunday sermon? Because that's not biblical church membership. You say, well, what is biblical membership? It's a meaningful commitment to following Christ together in the local church. And by God's design, as we just read, we are all parts of the body. And man, if one of you is not here, we're limping along. I mean, we're, we're trying to, we're, it's like trying to walk with one leg. If you're not here, if you're really a genuine part of the body of Christ, or it's like trying to do something with one arm, you can't do it effectively. So I got some questions really quick, and we're going we're gonna to wrap up. These are questions you might ask for your own family, if you're a mom or dad. To find out if you really are a family. And you can apply these spiritually. Does your family have a regular routine? I know we live in a culture where regular routines are. You have a regular scheduled meal time or morning time or story time maybe. Some of you who are older like myself, you may remember that when you did that with your kids or your nieces or your nephews. Those family rituals that you have, those regular times together. Crossroads spiritually for us as the people of God, we have regular times that we get together. Like this, to be together, to worship together. Both corporately in big church, as I used to call it as a kid. Mom and dad, we're going to big church. We're going to big church. For big church and in little church, small group community. Are you an active participant in your family? Families work best when they're connected, when everybody has a role. At my house growing up, I know this is old school, my mom and dad had that big whiteboard, and they had my name and Jennifer, my sister's name, and they had a list of chores that we got to do. I would love to tell you we got an allowance. We don't know what the word allowance meant. Allowance was we got to eat the food that they brought us, and we got to have heat in the wintertime and air conditioning in the summer. That was allowance. We're allowing you to live in our house rent-free. That's your allowance. But they had a list of responsibilities, of chores, of things for us to do. What is God calling you to do spiritually in the family of God here at Crossroads? You take those things seriously. You say, well, all this about being a member, being a part, what's, what's, the, what's the big deal? What's the benefit? Let me give you two benefits and we are done. Here's the first one. You're going to experience God's love in an incredible way. In a greater way, when you're part of the family of God. You're going to hear stories, miraculous stories, of $8,000 showing up in a situation. You're going to hear those testimonies of what God does in each other's lives if you're a part of the family of God. And God's love, you're going to hear about in a greater way. You're also going to allow other Christians to experience God's love and His life through you. Some of my young 20-something friends who tell me often, well, I don't really need the church. i got everything I need. You know what my answer is to them? Maybe the church needs you. Maybe you have something to offer. It's not true that they don't have anything to offer you, but even if that was true, maybe you have something to offer. Do you identify? I know there's a lot about identifying going on in our culture right now. Do you identify as a member of Crossroads Baptist? Are you a part of our family? I hope so. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you that you have called us, if we know Jesus, to be a part of your family, the family of God. 
Lord, the first step is being a part of that family, the family of God, to saying yes to Jesus. Maybe we have some friends here this morning who have not said yes to you. That's the first step. I pray if there's anyone in this place, while you're praying and your heads are bowed this morning and you're praying, friend, if you don't, if you don't know Jesus and you uh, feel like, well, I don't really have a place, you have a place in God's family. Matter of fact, He's made a place for you. He sacrificed the most precious gift He could, His Son. To give you a place to be in the family of God, you just simply have to call out and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes, and I know you paid for those on the cross. We've sung about that this morning. You paid that debt, and now I stand before you all sufficient because of the righteousness of Christ. If that's your heart desire this morning, would you just pray right there where you're seated and just say, Lord, I I need you in my life. If you're a part of that family, the next step is to become a part of the local family, the local body of believers. Somewhere. Maybe it's not Crossroads for you, but maybe it's somewhere else. That's great. Go get plugged in. Maybe you find yourself here today and you've been visiting for some time and you're like, I I need to put my roots down in a local body of believers to hold me accountable and help me grow. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the family at Crossroads Baptist Church. If that's you, in just a minute, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a song of invitation. I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to ask my friend Heath. He'll be standing here. We'd love to pray with you, encourage you, welcome you to the Crossroads family. Maybe you're already a part of Crossroads, but maybe this morning God's spoken into your heart and said, you know what, you, you need to play your role. You need to serve your part. I don't know how God specifically has spoken to you about that, but maybe he shared something with you that you want to share so we can pray with you, or maybe you want to come to the front and kneel at these steps and pray. What's God calling you to do today? Father, I pray you'd have your way as we end this service today. May may none of us, including this preacher, walk out the door today. May we not walk out the door having done what it is that you've laid on our heart and told us to do. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in our church, and our church family. Thank you for your faithfulness and all that you do for us. May we honor you with our lives today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So glad that you're here this morning. If you want to join and become a part of this family at Crossroads, I can't thank I'm biased maybe, but I can't think of a better church in the United States of America than right here. You're at the right spot. We'd love to welcome you to our church family today. Would you stand if you need to make some other decision? My friend Heath and I will be here to receive you this morning. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online.
In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items on our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.